This podcast is intended for advisors and staff at cooperators. The views and opinions expressed are those of the subjects and do not necessarily reflect the official position of cooperators. I'd like to dedicate this podcast to Jean Suffern, who recently passed away. Jean was a longtime DM for the Grand River District and Corps. We'll all fondly remember her sparkling smile. It's totally on on the advisor to get their production going. It, it, and at the end of the day, I don't I don't blame the life company in any way, shape, or form for something taking longer at the end of the year. Chad Crute is one of the most successful Manitoban advisors of all time. He's been an advisor since 2011, and life has always been the foundation of his business and his success. And he's a steady Eddie. He effectively manages his life production throughout the year. Chad, we're talking to you today about life production. Uh, we have some advisors who really struggle with managing that life production throughout the year. Uh, what happens is it all gets crammed into the last quarter, which causes a lot of stress for A, those advisors, and B, for the life company who has to try and deal with that business in a in a short period of time. Um, have you always done a good job of managing your life production through the year? Yes, uh, um, we have never been under the gun. Uh, if we're under the gun at the end of the year, it's can we get to executive builders? It's region builders has kind of always been the standard in our office. Um, one of my fellow advisors in Alberta said it to me, I think the first or second time I qualified, he's like, this is part of your compensation package. So it's always been a standard for us to hit region builders. And we have knock on wood every single year. Um, executive builders, I think we've been six or seven times now of the 10 and, and that number is getting tougher. I'm not going to lie, uh, especially with, you know, the increased uh, wealth production. However, um, you know, it's just the standard. That's what we that's what we strive for. And everyone in the office knows that's what we need to do. And it's not going to be done by one person. So for us, we kind of started out with always forcing the life production in early in the year. So our year is starting realistically November 15th because we're not under the gun at the end of the current year. So we're kind of starting to plan, okay, what seeds do we have? And we're obviously not like sandbagging production for the following year, but the conversations are happening. And typically in December, people don't really want to sit down with you. So they say, talk to me in the new year. So you get off to a good start um, and it takes a lot of the pressure off. So do you have a formal plan with targets then, Chad? We obviously have an idea where region builder numbers are going to be year over year. Um, we may not have the real numbers until, you know, end of January or into February once the Congress and so forth happens. But but, you know, ex- like the previous year numbers and can up 10 percent from that. So we, we break it down and we kind of want to have our numbers for region builders done by September. So you break down the nine months and, you know, you got to do about 2000 a month in FYC to hit that goal. And, and that's kind of the plan. It, it, it's hard for people who haven't, don't have that kind of leeway because they're battling at the end of the year. They're probably burnt out. And, and January, February is kind of like a catch up month for them. And because and you, you've put other things off and you're running a business. And, and so fortunately, we've always kind of been ahead of the game. So we don't feel that same pressure. So we can always be ahead of the game the following year. So for people looking to transitioning to that kind of structure, the first two years is going to be really tough. Right now, you're kind of behind the eight ball for your region builder numbers. 
you're going to have to get to those numbers for this year, but also kind of really fast forward for the following year. But once you kind of get in that routine, it's a lot easier. And how do you get your staff on board with this plan and, and how do they contribute to these goals? Well, we first obviously have as part of their compensation um, and their employment agreements, uh, expectations around if you're not licensed to do it, cross-selling, uh, bringing them to me or my associate. I have uh, one associate builder in Bupinder Aria who's been a you know associate qualifier for the last couple of years. You know, for the rest of the staff, they're always talking about it. They just, it's just, it's kind of like where we're trying to get with investments and in making sure that everybody knows this is what we do. And so it becomes second nature after, after a while, but you have to get over that kind of hill to, at the start. How do you coach your staff around that, Chad? What, how do you get them to ask the right questions and, and watch for those opportunities? Everyone thinks you're trying to sell them something when they come in. So once we get the home insurance typically bound, and that is our gateway product for us in Manitoba. We don't have private auto here. We have public auto. So home for us is our gateway product. When they come in, we do a quote. If they decide to bind with us, or even if they don't, we always do the thing about, oh, I noticed you have a mortgage. And we go through the benefits of having your own life insurance plan. I've gone through with my staff, like we used to have a mortgage guard sheet that broke down the differences between us and the bank. So there's five key points. It's not a heavy sell on, oh, this is better, this is the product you need, because they can't do that because they're not licensed to do that. But they can say, by having a product through us instead of your bank, you can move it around if you need to switch banks, if you become an insurable, it's a standard product. And, And so they just know the basics. They know five or six key points. And then the person's like, wow, like, that's a great idea. Sometimes they say, let me get into the house and then we need to follow up with them because, you know, buying a new house is a, is a busy time for a lot of people. But sometimes they're like, let's just do it right now and get it in place. And Chad, what advice do you have for those advisors who are perennially scrambling in September, October, November, trying to make sure that they meet their life goals? I don't know how they do it. I, I really don't. Um, I, I personally just couldn't deal with the stress of that time. I, I, I have a young family. We're heavily busy in activities in September, October, November, hockey and dance and all those things start up. So my advice would be to, to try to transition to breaking it out a little earlier. Um, have those conversations with your staff. Even set up a plan where, okay, here's our month, monthly goal. Break it down. The numbers, the numbers, huge. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to dispute. Like, I think for my household count this year, like EB's thirty eight thousand of life FYC. If I think of thirty eight thousand, like I did fifteen thousand in my first year ten years ago. Like, that's a large number. But if you break it down by month, by associate, if you have two life producers in your office and you need to do two thousand dollars in a month, that's two five hundred FYC policies. That's $200 a month policies. Just break it down to what works for each advisor in their office and their in their structure and go from there. You talked about the stress that this puts on advisors who try and cram all that life business into the last quarter, but the other the other party that is also really stressed through this and and under a lot of pressure is the life company. Yeah, I think what happens is as the advisors get stressed, the underwriters and the processing times at the life company get stressed. And at the end of the day, I don't I don't blame the life company in any way, shape or form for, you know, something taking longer at the end of the year that that's I've had 
12 months to do my production and it's not their fault if something doesn't get put through because I waited to the last minute. It's totally on, on the advisor to get their production going. What impact has this ongoing pandemic had on the life business, Chad? You know what, when COVID hit, we definitely had some people calling in and asking about, oh, do you have life insurance? If I died from COVID, would I be covered? And and obviously we had those conversations. It didn't really increase our life production or really change it. However, the conversation with customers now is you, you just don't know what can ever happen. And I, and I think that's the main part. I never envisioned shutting down my office due to a pandemic in my life. I I I didn't feel like I'd you know have to wear masks or or go to a grocery store and stand in line because they're only letting so many people in. Um, you know now it's part of those conversations that you know you never thought COVID would happen. Just like you might not think you you'd get cancer or you'd have that heart attack or die in that car accident. Unfortunately, how does life fit into your broader wealth strategy, Chad? Well, that's what we're trying to leverage now. Um, we have put up a hundred plus coverages a year. So we're a very active life office. We've done what people need and, you know, work through the FSP process. And that's sometimes gets a little bit more coverages in place. Other times the person's like, you know, I just really want to cover my mortgage off and and we do those. Uh, But now we've, with the, you know, wealth becoming a heavier priority for us, we're certainly going back to those life clients and saying, listen, you put your trust in us with your life insurance. Can we look at your investments? Can we sit down and have a conversation? Has anyone reached out to you on those topics lately? Uh, I did complete my CFP last year. So now I feel that there's some credibility around me as an advisor. And and that's something that's on my shoulders. So, yeah, that's kind of where we're pivoting it from now. Chad, you've always been a big life guy. What are your favorite products and, and offerings that we have I am so for 20 pay whole lifes on kids um, with a guaranteed insurability option. They make nothing but sense. The cash that accumulates within those policies in the first 20 years is basically your money you've put in. However, you get that guaranteed insurability bonus and the ability for that policy to snowball over the person's life expectancy. A, A child who's one years old has a policy that's paid up by the time they're 21. That's incredible. And it's permanent life insurance. Now that's an expense they might not ever have to incur on their own. And I feel younger generations are going to have a hard time because of housing costs and, you know, what's happened with the economy in the last couple of years. I have several grandparents that just pay for the kids' policies instead of buying some frivolous Christmas gifts that are in a grad sale in three or four years. Here's a legacy piece. And I've unfortunately slash fortunately have sold two whole life 20 pays to people who were my friends uh, to cover their kids. And their kids did have cancer as a child. Now they're insured. They, they, they probably won't be insurable later on in life, even if they're cancer-free it, 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 the, because of the nature of it. However, they will have this permanent insurance and the ability to buy more. That's the one I really, really enjoy. I love critical illness with the premium payback options. I tell customers, you need to treat this like a long-term savings account. You put the money away, if you get diagnosed with a critical illness, we're going to pay you out this face value and you would never probably pay what you're going to pay into the policy. However, if you don't, at some point after 15 years or at at 75, depending on what options you take, it's yours. Here's your money back. You know, you didn't gain the interest off it, but you were protected all the way. So those are two that I really like. Uh, you know, term insurance is like renting. So 
people can cover off those that time frame, and, and I think that's a great product. But I, I really like the idea of the whole life and the CA. You know, we've got a lot of focus on wealth uh, right now, Chad. But but clearly, life remains a really important focus for you. From an advisor standpoint, it's certainly our job to to talk to these customers or any customer about life insurance. And so most times, yeah, they're going to be like, yeah, I got or I don't need. And then you can, you know, piggyback the questions off of, you know, has anyone reviewed it with you lately? Do you really understand what you have? Because that's the one thing I'm finding more recently, probably with COVID is a lot of people have these life insurance plans, but they, they don't have a clue what they are. And the person who sold it to them when they were in their 20s is long gone, retired, no longer in the business. And they're sitting and holding and they know you know who to go to in the event of a claim. And that's the other thing I certainly stress. Like there's customers like, well, I might get quotes from other other places. And I'm like, you're certainly entitled to that. But no matter what you decide to do, make sure you're doing it with somebody at a storefront where you can walk in the door. And we have offices all across Canada. So no matter where your life takes you, you could walk into a location and say, hey, I found this, you know, when my spouse passed away. So from an advisor standpoint, to kind of summarize that, I think it's really important that we are having those conversations uh, with our customers to protect not only ourselves, but protect them and their families. And from a compensation standpoint, you know, the life bonuses are great. That's why we get to do some of the extras in our office, because we do achieve those higher numbers. Um, you know, maybe it's more outings, maybe it's the bonuses at Christmas time, maybe it's some renovations. That's the, that's the gravy. And in the interest of transparency, Chad, as we sit here at the time of recording in early April, how is your life production? Yeah, we're off to a, a, a good start. Uh, we have, I think, about 13,000 of FYC issued, uh, about 6,500 sitting in pending. Of that 6,500, I think a good chunk of it's approved and good to go, just putting the dotting the I's and crossing the T's on that one. So definitely off to a good start. Our, our goal is to be at region builder numbers, like I said, by September. Um, if we could do it sooner, then, then we push for executive builders. Um, and, and yeah, and it just allows for other conversations with the wealth production that's required. Um, we, need to, we need to spend time on that too. So if we have the region builder number kind of out of the way, it allows us to focus on other things. You've been listening to Advisor Network Podcast number 29 with Chad Crute. A reminder, if you subscribe to this podcast on your phone, new episodes will magically download so that you can listen to them at a time convenient to you. Also, we'd love to hear your feedback on this podcast, or if you've got story ideas, or even the name of an advisor you would like to hear from, or if you just need help to subscribe. In any case, send me an email at brad underscore scott at cooperators.ca. 